Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners, fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. I'm here with my guest today, owner of Sports Advantage, multiple locations in Wisconsin. Mr. Brian Bott, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Dominic. Uh, it sounds that way, and it sounds like the business is awesome. So let's jump into it. Tell us what Sports Advantage is all about. So Sports Advantage predominantly is a sports performance training, uh, multiple facilities, obviously, for young athletes, ages eight all the way up to professional. We've got, you know, athletes at all of our different locations. We've got three locations, one in Verona, one in Beaver Dam, and one in Wanakee. Plus, we, we partner with various high schools and different teams in our state uh, to do sports performance training, education, things like that. Um, you know, we've been a company that, since 2014 when we opened our first location. And, you know, we do everything from youth development all the way up to different NFL athletes, professional baseball players, and, and everything in between. So uh, kind of a full gamut of sports performance training that, that we utilize in all of our facilities. Really unique part of our facilities is, you know, having multiple facilities with multiple trainers. Um, we don't use a one-size-fits-all template. Um, our trainers follow different models that we have set but it's, it's within their realm to decide, you know, the different progressions their athletes use, because quite frankly, all athletes are built differently. And that's what makes us a little bit more specialized than some other multiple gyms that are sports performance-based. Yeah, that the, uh, the one-size-fits-all model seems to be uh, going the way of the dinosaur here. I think it's, if you can't figure out how to bring more value and better results, there are so many options and so many people that are that are trying to do this that you got to be ahead of the curve or else it's uh, the wave will, will take you over and push you out, it seems, in, in your line for sure. Well, I think that, you know, it, it brings you in better touch with your athletes, you know, from our perspective. And I know other gym owners are you know, just general fitness, but it brings us better touch with our athletes because, again, our main job as a sports performance coach slash gym owner slash whatever is injury prevention. And at the end of the day, we have to keep our kids on the field. We have to keep them on the court. The longer they can practice, the more playing time they're going to get. And in the day and age of AAU and, and travel baseball and travel volleyball, uh, playing time is very important to these kids. They put a lot of time in it. So, you know, our job is recognizing where their weaknesses are, uh, the things that could break down their body and, and building them up. So, you know, your weaknesses become your strengths and strength is never a weakness. So. I like that. Your weakness has become your strength, and strength is never a weakness. I might borrow that from you once or twice. So take it. Hey, that's from one of my tra trainers, Robert Murdoch. He says that all the time. So I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So that gives us an idea of who you are, what you're about in a nutshell here. I'm sure we could dive into a million topics, but I want to get a little bit of a background on you here. You've been, you know, it's you started off, you know, your academic career involved, you know, health, fitness, training. And you've really, you spent some time, you know, working in various schools and, and now have made it, you know, this company that's growing and continuing to spread the impact. So give us a little bit of the background story on how you ended up here. It's definitely no coincidence that you are where you are. Well, you know, I started off, uh, I went, you know, as a high school athlete, obviously, like most, most trainers are um, in some capacity or another. 
Um, went to the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh to play baseball. Uh, was a four-year starter there uh, in, at, at Wisconsin Oshkosh. Uh, we took second my freshman year in the country. We won the national championship my sophomore year. Uh, we took third my junior and senior year. Uh, and I'm still, I believe, the only player in, in WEAC history to play every inning of every game without redshirting uh, for four years. So I never missed an inning, uh, which is a huge claim to, you know, I guess my claim to fame. Uh, but it also breeds into my coaching style of being tough and, and mentally tough and physically tough, things like that. So I uh, took a year off and worked at a YMCA and realized that I wanted to work with athletes and be around athletes. And so um, went to the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks, spent two years there, got my master's degree, worked with women's volleyball, men's basketball, football, uh, men's hockey. That was a national championship program, swimming and diving, track. A lot of different programs give a great experience. Uh, the cool thing about being a GA is, you know, you, you work in the morning, you go to school during, or you, know, you work through the day, and then you go to school at night, and you get up and repeat. So you really don't have a lot of time to do anything else besides get better at your craft and really focus on what you want to do uh, for your career. And so in that time, you know, being from Wisconsin, uh, being a Badger fan, Packer fan, all that stuff, I uh, really knew that I wanted to be in strength and conditioning work with athletes and, and Wisconsin football at that time was, was, was really good and it's been consistent ever since. And, and so my baseball coach, his wife, uh, her sister was married to the head strength and conditioning coach at the University of Wisconsin. So I uh, got a brief introduction that way and then continued to send him resumes, probably sent him 10 to 12 resumes over the course of my two years at North Dakota. I picked up a new class, I sent him a resume. If I picked up a new team, sent him a resume. It, you know, just, and it could have been one line that was a change in it, just to update it. And after the Rose Bowl in 2000, uh, Ron Dane's last game, they played Stanford. They had a coaching turnover, and I actually got a call from him um, saying, hey, I got a job open, and I usually go through my old resumes, and half of them are yours. So he goes, apparently, you want a job here? And I said, absolutely. He goes, well, I'm starting interviews on this day. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm done at four. I'll get in my car. I'll be there at midnight. I said, I'll be in your office at nine o'clock or eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Went there, interviewed, uh, got a call, you know, three or four days later, actually on my birthday and got the job at Wisconsin. So uh, became an assistant strength coach, was an assistant strength coach for 13 years at Wisconsin uh, through Coach Alvarez. Coach Bielema had amazing experiences, worked with, you know, a guy like Ben Herbert, who's a head strength coach at Michigan, still a close, still a good friend of mine, Jamil Walker, uh, who's a head strength coach at Arkansas, and just so many other great people, Jim Snyder, just great people. And um, obviously Coach Bielema left after our 2012 win in the Big Ten championship game. Gary Anderson was hired and brought in. And at that time, I was, I was retained by the staff, which is very unusual. Uh, in college football, because again, typically everybody brings their own people. Uh, I was retained and, and stayed on for um, about four months. And at that time, I was also going through a divorce and needed to make a decision uh, for, you know, I have three boys that at the time, those, those three people were the most important three, three people in my life. And as they still are, I've gotten remarried and I've got a couple stepkids and a, a wife who's really taken on a, a very important part of my life. Um, but those three, um, you know, I wanted to be a father. That's my first and foremost, most important job. And, you know, basically wanted more time with the kids and it didn't look like it was going to work out. So I resigned. Um, you know, long story short, you know, a couple other things that, that happened with that of trying to be retained and 
things like that. So I told the team on June 9th of 2013 that it was my last day. Uh, a lot of great memories with a lot of great players at Wisconsin. A lot of tears shed that day uh, by me and a lot of players. But, um, you know, felt very confident that I had a, a, a different calling at that time uh, to be a father. And then also to start impacting other kids. My, my kids were, you know, in grade school, middle school, and just the things I saw with young kids coming into college with a lot of, you know, knee and hip and ankle and, and shoulder injuries, I knew that I could make a difference. And so that's where Sports Advantage was born. Um, it was born from my three kids and, and a couple other kids. And, you know, we just started, started to get to work and um, didn't even really have a business plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and now in today's day and age, everybody's got a business plan and all that stuff. And I didn't have a plan. I just knew that I could do it because I'm going to outwork anybody that, that, you know, that I go up against. And uh, it's been a, a mantra of mine. And, and so we got to work and uh, partnered up with a good friend of mine. And uh, we opened uh, the first sports advantage in Verona in 2014. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we got it going, you know, and it's, it's been a great ride since then. Awesome, man. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's been a wild ride, but a fun one and, and rewarding in a lot of ways. So um, one of the last things you said was when you opened up, you had a partner. Uh, are you still in that partnership? Are you sole owner now? Have you brought on more partners? What's no, that look like? We're, we're, we're dual partners. Um, we always look for creative ways to either add or, um, you know, do other things with our business. But right now, uh, you know, him and I are, 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 um, dual owners, I guess you would call it. Yeah. So that's a partnership going on somewhere around what, eight, eight plus years. Yep. So th these types of things always come up different questions. Um, you know, some people equate it to a marriage. Some people have different, different things they equate it to. But um, if you had to key into any areas that have allowed you to be successful and, and stay partners for as long as you have, because I'm sure you've heard all the horror stories. Uh, what would you attribute that to? Man, I tell you what, you, you asked a question, you probably weren't ready for this answer. Um, <laughs> so truth be told, um, my, my partner uh, at the time, or at currently, Jim, um, my, uh, my son, uh, when he was nine months old, and his daughter, when she was six months old, uh, were both in an abusive daycare together. Um, and so that's how Jim and I met. That's how, you know, uh, we became acquaintances through, was through a trial that we had to go through for basically, you know, our kids' lives. Um, you, you know, Cameron had shaken baby syndrome, um, and a lot of other things. So that's, you know, we have a bond that's a lot different, you know, than most gym owners that meet each other on the street. Now, um, you know, has everything been wine and roses? Absolutely not. You know, I, you know, he wants to go one direction. I may want to go another direction, um, you know, things like that. But the, the best part about our relationship that I, that I love is that we can be brutally honest with each other and we can get pissed off at each other. We can get whatever. But at the end of the day, we know that the other person is, is looking at our business and our relationship through their eyes and their best interest, you know? And so when, when you step back, and you start to think about it like that, um, you know, things, things work themselves out, you know, type of thing. And so, um, you know, we've grown through this because for him, this was new too, you know, as far as, uh, you know, his role that he plays with us. And so 
Uh, we've grown it together. And, you know, will we be partners forever? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe not. You know, we could be. Um, you, you know, maybe. I, I, I can't predict the future. All I know is right now, um, you know, it's been, it's been eight years together, uh, which is longer than most partnerships last, <laughs> longer than a lot of marriages last. For sure. And so, um, so I'm just, I'm just very grateful, you know, for him and his wife, Sarah, um, you know, helped me, you know, when, when, when I left Wisconsin, you know, be able to do this and we're touching lives and impacting lives. And for, for our families, uh, that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the one follow-up question I have on that is, did he come from a sports training background like you did or you guys from different worlds? Different worlds. Um, now, he was an athlete and he, you know, obviously enjoys sports and things like that. But, um, you know, he's an accountant, you know, and so that's that's kind of where, you know, he came came from. But, you know, really um, is very passionate about youth sports and, and, and young people and things like that. So we have a good bond that way. Yeah. It, having an accountant on your team doesn't sound like it's a bad idea. Um, no. For, for a lot of the last couple of years, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. No, he, he, he provides so much value that, that I, I have no clue on. I'm going to be brutally honest with you, you know, numbers and taxes and, you know, other stuff. And, and so he's got, he's got a great sense on that. Um, he keeps me in check when I probably want to spend more money than we should, um, which is good, you know? And so, um, it, like I said, it's been, it's been a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. And I think the, the way a lot of people describe it, some of these best partnerships work when the partners have different, but complementary skill sets and not overlapping skill sets, because at a certain point, it almost makes having the partnership, not any more advantageous than two people, you know, running different businesses or, you know, it can get, it can get kind of, um, redundant in a lot of ways and then you're making up work or we're trying to figure out areas now you're gonna bring in somebody else with different expertise whereas if you have different skill sets you can complement each other better than than someone who didn't right and i think that the best part about what we have is is you know he allows me to to kind of do my thing you know from a from a partnership standpoint and you know, we, we, we bounce a lot of ideas off each other, but I think the, the coolest thing we have is most of our conversations, you know, when the other person, you know, questions the other, it's okay, well, I trust you. You know, I trust your judgment, you know, and have we made mistakes? Absolutely. Every, I can't imagine anybody that's a gym owner hasn't made a lot of mistakes. I've made mistakes in, in, in staffing and, and trust with, with other people, you know, through, through this and things like that. But I think Jim and I have a, a common goal to continue to grow this in our state, um, something that can be very special in our state, will be very special and is very special, um, and, and doing it in a manner that, that we have, where we always you know, put our people first and, and, and go from there. Absolutely, so from an, a 10,000 foot view of the business, um, just in execution and logistics, one of the things that comes up a lot um, because we have people in, in different areas, different, different types of training that always want to look at opportunities. And on the sports-specific training, athlete development side, um, one of the things that comes up almost like 50% of the time is it can be very seasonal or cyclical. And for me, not being in that world, 
I always see it as well. There is different sports that have different seasons and there's in season, off season. It seems like it's a management or a logistical issue. You've made a go out of this in a, a an ever expanding business for the last eight plus years. What's your take on that from, from that view of how it can exist as a continually profitable revenue generating endeavor? Well, I think the, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make and that a lot of parents are making and a lot of trainers are making and making this, making it too hard, making it sports specific. I mean, these, every kid that we deal with outside of, you know, my NFL guys that are getting, or, or major league baseball guys that are getting paid to play. Um, all our, all our other kids are developmental athletes, you know? And so our mantra is we create athlete specific programs. So we're going to make you a better athlete. Okay. My job is to make, you know, if I'm training your son, Dominic, my job is to make him a better athlete, which means he can run faster, jump higher, change directions quicker, um, absorb force and he's stronger. All right. And then it's your, whoever he plays the sport with, that's their job to make him a better baseball player, football player, basketball player, because at the end of the day, we don't, we, you know, that that's gimmicky. This, the sports, specific stuff within your weight room I that's that's just gimmicky and it's you know that's what sells but at the end of the day what sells in my opinion are results and so putting kids in the best situation to be turned over to a football coach in the fall where they are in better shape they're faster they're stronger they, the coaching can do more with them um, and utilize them in a better way to help the team help you know help them win games and so um, we've done a great job with educating parents as well as the value of training year round, because at the end of the day, um, if, if someone is, um, you know, training in the summer, and we see this a lot, right, where, where people have great summer programs and they're training all summer long, and then they go in their fall sport and they just quit training, you know, for three months. Well, you're actually doing a bigger detriment to your athlete by not training them versus having this incredible summer program. We use it with baseball kids all the time um, or softball players. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if they've had, you know, five, six, seven months of great training, they go to their baseball season, quit, um, quit training, it all of a sudden becomes harder for them to hit the same velocity that they were three to four months or three to four weeks ago or have the same bat speed or exit velocity. So they have to work harder and that's where injuries occur. So by stopping your athlete's training, through their season, um, you're actually doing a bigger disservice to them than if you're just, you know, training a couple times a week, you know, for the whole year. We talk about consistency with our athletes and we say, you know, if you can train an average of three times a week for a whole year, that's 150 training sessions. Now you're going to get four some weeks to another week. Some kids in our gyms get five, you know, maybe they get one, you know, but if you can get to somewhere between 125 to 150 sessions a year, um, chances are you're going to be, you know, limited injuries, which is the most important thing. Um, but you're also going to continually develop. Um, you know, I can share a story about a, a kid who was a basketball player for one of the football teams. He, he you know, played in the state, um, state championship game at 223 pounds. He finished basketball season at 238 pounds. So he gained 15 pounds of lean muscle mass during the basketball season, which is almost unheard of in high school. Um, and he's a kid who's going to play football in Iowa. So they're going to get a good, um, you know, a good project to work with. So, um, but consistency with training, I think is our big, our big, it's not a secret either. You know, we just really educate and really 
talk to the kids about being consistent on a week to week basis, whether they're in season or out of season. Yeah. So I like the way that you called it athlete specific versus sports specific. And it sounds like the underlying theme is making you bigger, better, faster, stronger, more of all those things is great, but you're also putting a heavy emphasis on um, safety, longevity, resilience of an athlete so that you're not pushing them to the ragged edge just to hit performance numbers. It's, it's what's sustainable for you along whatever timeline of career, past career, or whatever it may look like. Well, yeah. I mean, our, our system, we use the conjugate method with, for training. Um, and so we're constantly changing exercises. So again, the athletes are exposed to new stimulus, you know, on a weekly basis, whether it's a max effort or dynamic effort or repetition. Um, and so they're constantly getting, you know, different stimulus, which is what sports is, you know, um, outside of like running around a track, um, all sports is change, you know, is conjugate in, in nature. You're getting different stimulus, whether it's in practice, whether it's in games, everything is reactionary and things like that. And so, um, we have to train our athletes that way. So, you know, they get strong in different positions. They get, you know, explosive in different positions. You know, we have probably, 20 to 30 different jump variations that we, you know, evaluate, you know, and so we keep data on all that stuff too. So we're constantly changing the stimulus, but we're constantly keeping track of where the kids are. So if we come back to that stimulus, we can make sure that they've gotten better at it. Absolutely. So I have a good idea here of background, who you are, what your philosophies are, the culture. I want to shift a little bit to business growth stages. You know, first location in Verona opens in 2014, and many things have shot off from there. You've got high school campus offsite training, you've got a baseball academy, you've got two more locations. How many of these things happen by nature of this is one of what I want to do next. I'm going to put a plan in place and this. We're going to do it. And how many of them were just like, Hey, we're bursting at the seams or somebody came to me with this, this need. How have you figured out all these different branches off your tree in a way that's has you sitting here in front of me looking pretty sane, having a pretty good handle on this stuff because it, it can make the mind spin when you go down the list of everything you're doing. So how have you managed that? Uh, well, sanity is from, <laughs> from a visual point of view on your end. I'll tell you that. Um, no, honestly, Dominic. So, you know, when we expanded to Beaver Dam, which was our first true expansion, um, you know, I had a guy on staff, Lucas Dankovic, he's our director in Beaver Dam. And he, he was just ready to, to be a director, you know, and run a gym and, um, I, I had a, I had a friend in Beaver Dam who had been, you know, I knew him from youth baseball and he was really pushing some different things in Beaver Dam with the athletes. And so, you know, their ice arena was available. There's about 3,200 square feet in their ice arena. And that's where we put our location right across the street from the, it was a great location right across the street from the high school. So it's like right there on high school campus. Um, and through that building that in that ice arena, it also fostered a relationship with the athletic director, Melissa, who's, who's fantastic. Um, and so we, you know, we work with their high school, you know, hand in hand. So um, it's a great situation because we have, you know, a lot of their youth athletes come to us and then they're, they're basically coming to us at the high school. Um, and so that was really how that one fostered, um, you know, our next 
expansion was Edgewood High School. And, and again, I had a guy on staff, Robert Murdoch, who was, uh, he was with the Blue Jays for two years uh, down in the Dominican Republic. And, you know, extremely smart, uh, extremely great with data and uh, just really ready to be a director. And um, I had been working two of my first two clients, Bobby and Jack Dunn, um, from, from Edgewood High School. Um, you know, we've always tried to develop a relationship with that school and it really just fell into place. Um, they built a new weight room. They were looking for somebody to run it. Um, you know, we added Robert over there and, you know, we run youth programs there. So I technically consider that a, you know, on campus slash sports advantage type facility because, you know, we're bringing youth kids in and obviously with it being a private school, um, one of the benefits of us doing that is, I, I think it hopefully will help with their enrollment, help bring some other kids into the school. Um, you know, as we continue to grow the youth programs there, we've added a second trainer there. Uh, so they have a great commitment to our program. Um, you know, the next one would have been Wisconsin Dells High School. Um, uh, the athletic, or the, uh, not the athletic director, the, 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 what's, the what's the next person up? Uh, administrator, whatever you call him, superintendent. His son played in our baseball program, and he overheard me actually having a conversation about the Edgewood High School situation. He just walked in my office. He said, hey, can we do this at Wisconsin Dells? I said, absolutely, we can. And so we started at Wisconsin Dells. Now we have a zero hour there, and we're at their first four PE classes as well. So we see probably 200 to 250 kids a day there. And then, um, you know, as the pandemic was going on, um, you know, we're looking for different things to, you know, obviously keep going through the pandemic because we just opened a gym in 2019. We're at Edgewood, uh, you know, in, in March, everything gets shut down. But to me, I was looking at our business like, you know, I wanted to be aggressive. I wanted to continue to grow. And so we, we, we established some consulting programs, um, you know, Sun Prairie Football um, jumped in on that. And, you know, we, we work with them. And then, you know, Wanakee, which is kind of the last piece of our puzzle right now, um, Wanakee is a great sports town. It, it's got a great location. It's near Sun Prairie. It's near DeForest. Uh, it's near Middleton, uh, near Madison. Uh, a lot of great tradition with, with, their, with their programs and things like that. And I looked at it as just a really great location to, to, to have. Uh, from our vantage point, it gives us a, kind of great spacing from Verona. We're about 25 to 30 minutes from Verona, so we can touch another part of Dane County. Um, and so that that was kind of our, our thing. We opened Wanakee May 1st of 2021, so like right in the middle of pandemic. And I can say this has, you know, been a, a very successful year for that gym. Uh, we have a great client base, and it's only growing. And so that's kind of how we've modeled it. And then the baseball program took shape intermittently within that uh, edge baseball started because of, I had a son that played baseball and I wanted to give some other kids an opportunity to play travel baseball, not at the cost of, of, of some other travel programs and had a couple of great dads that helped me with that. But now, you know, we started with two teams. Now we're at seven and, you know, we travel all through the Midwest. And the unique thing with our baseball program, we've put a good plug in for it is it fits, it, it, it fits with what we do at Sports Advantage. So we have 85, 90 kids in our baseball program. I would say that at least 90% of them are multi-sport athletes. 
So we're not a baseball only academy and all of our kids get unlimited sports performance training on a year round basis. Because again, our goal is to make sure that, you know, that hopefully they're injury free and that they continue to develop because a 12 year old who's a stud on the mound, um, three years down their line, he may be a great hockey player, you know, and if we don't keep developing him as an athlete, um, he's going to miss out on that opportunity. And so that's how our baseball program was built. And, and kind of that's where we're at right now with everything. Awesome. Man. So that kind of begs the next question there is what's the limit? Is there a limit? Is there uh, you know, how much Brian is there to go around? Like what, what's the big picture long-term vision here? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> loaded question. I'm sure. Very loaded question. Um, you know, our ultimate goal is to impact as many athletes as we can in the state of Wisconsin. That, that, that's my answer. You know, however many athletes and kids we can impact positively in the state of Wisconsin, we're going to do it. If that means five more gyms, five more high schools, that's what it means. If it means 10 and 10, that's what it means. Um, you know, I think one of the coolest things that, that somebody sent to me the other day was, you know, everybody else thinks you're crazy um, for getting up at four in the morning, you know, five days a week. And I said, well, that's why they're everybody else. You know, because at the end of the day, I know what my vision is and, you know, I'm not chasing a paycheck. Um, I'm chasing my dream, which is giving as many kids that they, you know, that can achieve their dreams. Um, because sports has been such a great part of my life. I've met, you know, thousands and thousands of incredible athletes. I mean, I've trained, you know, Hall of Fame, you know, I've trained Joe Thomas, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, um, Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, some of the best players in the NFL currently and in the past. Um, and I've seen what, what sports has done for them. And I want to give as many kids the opportunity to get great training because a lot of, you know, to give schools the opportunity to have someone as a resource. Um, and I understand a lot of schools want to keep everything in-house, in but I'm, I'm telling you that there's ways to work with private, um, private sector and, and things like that where we're not taking your kids away from you. That's never our goal. Our goal is never to take kids out of the high school. Our goal is to work with every high school that we can, give them the things that maybe they can't provide. I mean, every school in Wisconsin doesn't have an indoor facility. Every school in Wisconsin doesn't have a weight room with 12 squat racks. Every school in Wisconsin doesn't have someone on staff with the knowledge to run a quality strength program. And so we want to we be that go-between on however, whether we're consultant, whether we're in your school, um, whether we're on Zoom calls on a weekly basis, whatever it is, uh, we want to impact schools. We want to impact kids as much as we can. So, I mean, if we have to add 10 more gyms. We're going to add 10 more gyms. If we got to add 20 more high schools, we're going to add 20 more high schools until, you know, the situations were as impacting as many kids as we can, um, doing it at our standard. You know, one of the things we have on our wall, and it's something I got from Rob Havenstein from the Rams Super Bowl champion who I, who I trained. Um, is one of their mottos is the standard is the standard. And that's something that we stick with. Our standard is our standard. We don't measure ourselves up against anyone else. We measure ourselves against, we measure sports advantage against sports advantage. That's, that's some pretty amazing stuff there, man. And I love that your scope is so hometown born and bred. Like, hey, we're going to do the best we can for Wisconsin. It doesn't, 
We don't need to take over the country. We don't even need to take over the world. There's plenty of people right here in our backyard. You know, you, you know, gone through the Wisconsin system, worked in there, you know, uh, you know it's, it's a little bit silly to say that someone bleeds red because, you know, we do, but I think literally and figuratively, um, it's cool to see, you know, how much you want to just continue making an impact in your home state there. So, man, it's hard to follow that up, but I'm going to try kind of one closeout question here. Um, in, in your time, you know, training athletes, running business, you know, impacting as many people as you can. And this may be a point that it goes back to something we already touched on, but have there been any standout lessons for you? Any aha moments where you're just like, that's it. This is the thing that's going to lead me to do everything I want to do. This is the thing I'm going to live and die by. Have there been any big inflection points for you um, along, along the length of your career that just that look you in the face every day? Um. Man, there, there, there's I'm sure there's a lot. <laughs> there, there, there's been a lot. Um, you know, I think some of the best moments that I that I have and that I have had is um, getting messages. You know, for I guess let's use two: getting messages from former players, first and foremost, athletes that I've had uh, when it clicks for them. So maybe they're 30 years old. And it was a, a kid that I had in Wisconsin, maybe he didn't play. And he sends me a message and I get a lot of these. Um, coach, I just, I, I just want to tell you how much I appreciated all you did for us. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, at the time, you know, what you were teaching me, but I got this promotion at work. I got this job. I got this. And um, a lot of it is the lessons that you learn. And it's not always strength and conditioning or gym stuff, right? It's, it's life lessons that, that you take from the gym and apply to your life. Um, you know, those things. And then I think for me, a lot of the, you know, probably for me, I think the most special thing outside of, you know, having my kids around and, and my wife and things like that is watching my directors and my trainers get shout out and love from our, from our people. So um, where I see on Instagram, um, someone gives CJ, who's my director in Verona, a shout out. Um, someone, you know, at Edgewood that, you know, or at, at the Winter Sports Bank or where the athletic director, you know, gave Robert a shout out on what an impact he's made at the school. Or in Beaver Dam, where, you know, kids are sharing stuff about Lucas and Wes and, and things like that. To me, that, that, that tells me we're on the right path. Because it's, you know, Sports Advantage, you know, was was born through Brian Bott, okay? But it's no longer just Brian Bott. And that's, that's the way I like it. Um, I love the fact that, that, you know, our kids and our trainers relate with each other, our parents, things like that. So that shows me we're on the right path. And it shows me that hopefully as a leader of our, our trainers, our directors, that you know, I'm putting them in scenarios where they can be successful. Um, and that really is, is really important to me because I have incredible, I have incredible people on my staff. And I've said this on every podcast I've ever been on. Um, and I'll say it again. If I ever got hired at a division one university or a professional team, I would hire my staff without question. Um, I won one, one thing twice. Um, I have the best staff in the country, hands down. 
Um, and hopefully they know that, um, that I feel that way about them. Um, and so that, that, that to me is really special that they get the recognition they deserve um, because they work their asses off, um, you know, to provide for the kids in their different locations. Awesome, man. Last thing before we close out and let you go here for anybody listening, if they want to reach out, they want to um, directly interact with you. They want to find out more about sports advantage. If they happen to be in Wisconsin or want to be in Wisconsin, where are all the places we can find you? Well, the best, the best is usually my email, uh, Brian at sportsadvantage.com and sports advantage is spelled E D G E instead of A G E. So on everything that I give you from here on out is EDGE versus AGE, but email is the best. And I respond within 24 hours all the time to everybody. Um, my Instagram page is at 23 botter. Um, that was my college number and my college nickname. So that's my personal Instagram. I do put a little training stuff on there, but a lot of my personal Instagram and, and Facebook is a lot of family driven. Uh, my Twitter is at Brian bot 23. Um, so those are probably the best places to find you know, information on what we're doing. And then our Instagram, like our sports advantage Instagram is at sports advantage. And then obviously we have sports advantage, Wanakee and sports advantage, Beaver Dam and Edgewood strength and a lot of that other stuff. But for me personally, those are, those are the best ways to, to get a hold of me. And, um, you know, our gyms, Dominic are open to the public. You want to come, you want to visit. Uh, if you're a trainer, you want to talk shop, uh, anything like that. Um, our, our, we don't have any secrets. We don't claim to have secrets. We don't claim to have all the answers. And, and so we welcome and encourage gym owners, trainers, coaches, whatever, come, come visit with us, man. We, we love it. We love seeing new faces and, and talking to new people. All right, sir. Well, check out, if anybody's listening, check out sports advantage, reach out to Brian, check out his facilities. If you got if you got some athletes that need training in Wisconsin, he's got about four thousand locations. Just find one of them, and we'll get you some good training. Brian, it's been a pleasure having you on this afternoon, sir. I appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate it, Dominic. Thanks for having me, bro. You're welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you listening. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Zach Merrill of Anytime Fitness coming to you from Loveland, Colorado. Zach, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Good. How are you doing? Just I enjoying am. the beautiful weather. I am as well. I, uh, I'm having a great Friday. Happy, happy Friday. Zach, obviously we're here to talk business. I want to explore the ins and outs of your Anytime Club. I don't think we need to do too much work explaining what Anytime is at this point. Most of the people that listen to our podcast know what 
the anytime brand is. But I think it's important for context to hear a little bit about how we got here in the first place. And so for you, when did this whole thing come about? Why anytime and what made you want to get into the fitness business industry? Um, I've always loved it. Um, let's see, about 14 years ago, um, I had a, uh, ex-business partner of mine approach me about doing it. And I thought, well, um, I looked, started looking into it. The, the first concern was the 24 hour access. It didn't make sense to me 14 years ago that, um, you just swipe the key and come in. So I started doing my homework and I had a, a buddy that owned uh, a few of them that has since sold those. And, um, one thing led to another, I was kind of, I contacted my business partner and what do you think? He said, yes. And here we are 14 years later, yeah. opened our first club in Santa Fe, New Mexico in 2008. And it's still running. Are you still involved with it? Yep. Santa Fe, Lake Havasu city, Arizona, Flagstaff, Arizona and Loveland, Colorado. Okay. So a yeah. couple of clubs under your belt, we happen yep. to be talking about Loveland, but yep. we can explore, I mean, just business ownership in general. And so I think it's important. I mean, obviously people recognize Anytime Fitness as an open gym sort of membership. People are paying a monthly membership, coming and using the facility, but Anytime has really slotted itself well into the coaching <clears throat> sector. It's not quite the 24-hour big box, everything and anything under one roof sort of category, but it's also not the micro gym category that's really exploded. It's, it's this interesting middle ground. For you guys, if I'm to walk through your doors and sign up for a membership, what else is available to me? Well, we have personal training. We're starting some small group training, um, some boot camp stuff outside. Again, now that the weather's nice, uh, this is a smaller club, so we don't do a lot of that inside. But we do have a handful of trainers. Um, you know, I guess I've always looked at us as kind of the cheers of gyms. Mm. And creating that culture has been vital for us and really connecting with people and getting to know people, not just looking at them like a number and a dollar sign. And I feel like that connection has really helped us um, grow and, and continue to thrive, I guess. Yeah. And so, so it, it's, it's, it's really found itself into this sort of hometown feel, right? Yeah. You describe it as cheers. Everyone knows your name sort of thing. And so we've got all of, we've got these other services, but for you, I mean, in this model, it makes sense. We're either trying to grow the membership as big, as big, as big as we can, or we're trying to grow these other services. Is it probably more the second one than the first one for you guys at this point? Or are you also trying to grow the membership? Kind of a combination of both, I guess. Um, like I said, I have two trainers that are full literally about six to eight hours a day um kind of almost on a waiting list um myself i do some training in the club i get inquiries every day so obviously um you know they both they both go hand in hand you know you can never have enough training but it, it is hard to be honest with you i think it's hard to find quality trainers a lot of people want to do it as a part-time gig sure. versus you know really take it seriously yeah. these days yeah yeah you know and we have two here that are that doing it for years and i mean literally they have a waiting list yeah and so <clears throat> we've got any number of ways that we can go um i think it makes sense to explore it sort of from the client journey perspective, right? before we can ever talk personal training or boot camp or whatever it is, we need to get them through the doors in the first point. 
for you, where have you found the best success thus far in, in generating leads to get them to the anytime doors in the first place? Well, you know, this particular club, we're in a center that has traffic counts that are off the charts. So we've been very fortunate with just walk-in traffic on a daily basis. Um, obviously, corporate accounts going out and, you know, uh, if somebody comes in from a local corporation, find, find out where everybody works, you know, where they're from, what their whole story is, and then go over there and meet with, say, somebody head of HR or manager or something, and then um, network branch off that way and try to build those corporate accounts. You know, I think the personal side is much better than shooting an email. Um, I love going out and just shaking hands and getting to know people. Sure. And so yeah. a lot of community involvement. With a highly too. trafficked location, <laughs> that's possible, of course. Yep, yep. For the other ones that you have been a part of, has that strategy differed at all? Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had to, with some other clubs, we've had to go out and, you know, really hustle do chamber events but it's really the manager i've told our managers for years you can sit in the club and one or you know two three four or five people walk through the club in a day or maybe 10 if you're lucky um but if you go out and build those accounts and go meet people you can get 10 at a time groups of 20 you know that type of thing um you know, but we have been pretty fortunate with most of the clubs with just high traffic based on the locations we've chosen I see. Um, okay. you know it helps it, it does help. You pay for it. Obviously, you pay for the real yeah, estate. Yeah, uh, the real um, estate comes back. That's true. But we've had, I mean, I've had managers in the past that are just, they hustle. I mean, they leave the, they'll close up for a couple hours, go out every day and hit local businesses or go to an event, a chamber event or, a, you know, any sort of, I, I had a manager in the past that was big, highly active in Special Olympics and, the, and that type of stuff. So, yep. you know. Um, what about things like like doing some actual advertising is that something i mean anytime as a corporation does right. do you guys handle that at the local level at all um i just brought on somebody here that's taking care of my social media um that's not my strength i feel like you know it's one thing to just post but we brought her on to really dive in and find out what's working who's clicking on what how we can generate more leads uh, from that so we're, we're kind of we just started launching that a few weeks ago okay. so i don't really have the results but in progress right now. <laughs> yeah but i feel like that i mean everything's going social media now you know I, I i i don't have a tiktok account so i can't speak for tiktok but i've heard it work so it's interesting it's it's sort of like uh the wild west right now yeah it's uh it's an evolving demographic that's using it but that also means that there are a whole lot of opportunities and a whole lot of ways to really, really generate leads at a not tremendously expensive cost. And the ROI has shown to be good right. for you. I mean, obviously you mentioned everything is going the way of social media. And if we're being realistic, <coughs> if I'm looking to join a gym, I'm uh -huh. probably going to go to Google. I'm probably going to go to Facebook. I'm probably going to go to Instagram or some combination yeah. of the three gyms that aren't on those are going to get passed over. I yeah. think that's just the reality at this point. And so do we need to at least keep that on our radar? Of course. Take us to the next step in the process. We get leads in from wherever, walking off the street, hunted by a manager, social media, click, whatever it is. What happens in between that lead showing interest and that person signing up for a membership? Walk us through that process. You mean as far as like them coming through the door and like meet and greet? Um, I guess for me, it's really about making that connection. You know, every every gym's got a treadmill and some machines. 
you know, what separates us? How are we going to be different than the club neck, you know, down the street? Um, it's really, I think, the connection, finding out uh, what what brought them in. You know, I mean, what their goals are, how we can help them reach their goals, hold them accountable. You know, because so many people join, I hear it every January. Oh, you're going to get so busy in January. You know what? And that's great, but we want them to come back. You know, I, I, there's I, 11 other months of the year. That yeah. And, you know, and I really feel like the, the, we're in the business of changing lives, not just signing members, right. you know, and if we can help, help people, um, you know, really find out what makes them tick and help them achieve those goals. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, little things that, that you can talk to them about, you know, find out whether it's eating habits or exercise habits or lifestyle habits or, you know, what they do for fun, what they, their bad habits, you know, and how we can help them, you know, get off those bad habits, you know, sure. just, it's really connecting with people and, and being transparent and giving them a comfort zone so they feel comfortable sharing. I mean, people pair, share personal things. I, I, every day, you know, they're coming in just telling me about their weekend, what they did or how they're struggling with this, that, and the other. And you know what? I have a lady, for example, that I train three days a week that comes in. She's got severe anxiety, severe. And I'm like, she comes in, trains, and she feels like a different person walking off the door. Right. You know, so that type of thing. And I really, I guess I, when you meet people and you can connect with them and give them a reason to come back, you know, I mean, with any time, obviously we offer the seven day trial, you know, I feel like that is it's if corporate's done a great job with that because Hey, try us out. I am being one of the owners working the club. If somebody's, if I'm going to be out of the office a little bit, or they're going to be in and out of town, I'll give them two weeks. I'll give them three weeks. You know, I believe in our product enough where I can say, you know what, I'll give you this more likely you're going to come back, you know? Sure. Um, and so like conversions, I assume yeah. conversions are quite high, at least with a trial of that length, people know, or they know that it's not for them, right? It's pretty. Easy. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Like you said earlier, you know, not everybody likes a big box and not everybody wants the cheap gym. You know, some people just want to come in and work out and feel, feel like they're remembered, feel like they're wanted, feel like they're part of a community. You know, and I feel like, um, you know, we've done a really good job of that. Yeah. And and you mentioned earlier that personal <coughs> is a, a pretty big portion of what you I'm do. sorry. You mentioned earlier that personal training is oh, yeah, a yeah. pretty big portion of what you do. Is it at that point that we're talking personal training or are we later pulling them in? to have that kind of conversation is it at point of sale or is it down the line or both i like to do it at point of sale again being being the owner working this particular club um i like it at point of sale because i can offer it i you know i would want every manager but not every manager is a trainer and there's you know say another club a manager um and there's not a trainer available then obviously it's got to be a little different setup for me i can just go hey when do you want to come in when would you like to get something started well you know it's first one's complimentary we have, you know, one of our trainers specializes in this, another one this, I'm here for this. You know, I try to get it right off the bat, you know, and, and not everybody wants it, but I'm going to offer it right off the bat, yeah. you know, and then get, if they're not interested, say, hey, here's my card. If you change your mind, let's talk, you know. Yeah. And so as soon as possible, right? A Absolutely, lot of, yeah. I've, been in, I've been involved with business models like this before where they have 
that kind of complimentary session. But the real trouble is getting people to utilize it. Yeah. A lot of the time we can offer it and people never take advantage. Is that something that you guys have experienced? Well, I think it, a lot of it comes down to verbiage, I think, you know, and calling it, you know, we used to call it fitness consultations. To me, that sounds like a doctor's appointment. It sounds boring. It, I don't, I wouldn't get excited over that. Um, you know, come in. I like to tell people, come in, I'll train you. Let's go through a session. Let's talk about your goal. I'll talk about goals on the spot if they have time. I, I, I'll talk to them immediately when they're sitting down, find out what, what's making them tick, what their goals are, you know, really what's going on in their life and how we can change that as soon as possible um, and try to get them into for a session almost right away. Or if I have time at the moment and they're going to work out, I'll take them through instantly. Sure. You know, but again, I think as an owner, I have that luxury being in the club, you know, so. Well, it's, it's also interesting. We talk to a lot of owners who train by necessity to make payment. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. train because they love it. Where are you in there? Um, I, I never planned on training at right. all. I like working out and I like my own time. There was a need. I felt, like I said, I really, I do this. I enjoy changing lives and helping people. Yeah. We get people that come through the door that need a trainer. Like it, it they need yeah. one. Well, these services so are it's, just because it's, they're valuable. Yeah. Right? So it's not, um, it's, it's not out of necessity. It's really out of, I enjoy it. And, you know, yeah. I could tell you story after story, but I mean, I, I had a lady that, that had a stroke and a heart attack nine months ago. Doctor gave her the green light. And she is a rock star here. I mean, and I, she makes my day training her because she pushes yeah. herself. And, you know, that's, a, that's a reward. It's not, that's way more than financial. Right. A lot of the time we get so bogged down in either purely passion focused or purely profit yep. focused. Yep. Typically the best examples in our industry are somewhere in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When I think too, um, you know, there's some people that, you know, right off the bat that they need to be in there. You need to train them three days a week. To me, it's a disservice and you're almost taking money from them. If you're going to sell them a training package for one day a week, when yeah. you know, they need to be here more. Right. Um, you know, some people just need that one day a week for that little spike in their workout. But you know, it, I, to read people properly is I think very uh, vital. Well, I think that like it's it's interesting because sales in our industry gets such a negative connotation, and and not just fitness, but sales in general gets a negative vibe. But if we have that person's best interest in mind, to your point, if they really do need three a week, it's almost our obligation and our duty as the professional to recommend that. Absolutely. Whether they take advantage of that or not, it is what it is. But this is the best option for you. I tell you, this is going to make the most sense to help you get to X, Y, Z. It doesn't need to be this, this dirty, right. Awkward feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I talked to, I, it's funny you say that because the lady I've been, I gave a few uh, complimentary sessions to, <laughs> she, she inquired about pricing. And prior to that, or once she mentioned pricing, I came back with, let's talk a little bit about your eating habits first. You know, what do you do? What's your vices? She spends $120 to $150 a month on an afternoon uh, latte, whatever the, you know, the fat coffee stuff. And she, she realized, she goes, wow, 
after she said it, that she literally, she goes, oh my gosh, if I quit that, I can invest the money in myself into the gym, into training. Interesting. I didn't have to say anything. You know, just a matter of going, hey, what do you, you know, how are you spending your money? So, and I'm like, you only have, you eliminate that. You know, we're, we're on the right path. Yeah. And so looking forward, do you anticipate personal training being something that the business will try to grow a bit more? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's one, I think your member retention obviously increases. People are reaching goals. And if people are reaching goals or telling their friends or their friends are noticing they're reaching the goals and then they're going to want to come in, you know, it's easy to, and I think with training, um, there's just that accountability too. Yeah. You know, people, it's easy just to quit coming in, especially being 24 hours and having a key fob. It's like, you know, if you don't show up, you know, it's our job to, you know, hold people accountable. And I feel like, um, you know, building the training, obviously there's, you know, there's more accountability. Is, want- is the, the penetration of PT something that you guys track as a metric? Probably not as much as I should. I see. <laughs> sure, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. I, I, <laughs> any, any of that stuff I normally, um, I have paid people in the past to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that because I, I think a lot of the time it's funny because fitness people, gym owners, like we track in fitness sets, reps, weight right, on the right. bar, all of these things religiously, rest time, whatever it is. And then when it comes to our business metrics, sometimes we're a little bit more lax about those. But right, right. for you, knowing that PT is something that the business can grow moving forward that inevitably brings us to the idea of staffing and who's actually going to do the training. How do you plan on finding those career trainers that we talked about? You know, I've had a few come through the door that actually are busy training elsewhere and I'm not out soliciting um, other trainers from other clubs, obviously, but I have people that come through the door that enjoy training here to get a break and have shared their I guess, unhappiness at other clubs. So, you know, if they do share that, then there's an opportunity. You know, I, that's when I share, hey, we're always looking for quality trainers, you know. Um, it, we're, we're not quite at the place where we're ready to go hire a couple more, but we're close. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we just took this particular club over in November. So we're kind of been just redoing a few things and, and amping it up a little bit. So yeah. um, like I said, I've taken on a few people. Um, our trainers have added, you know, a few people to their schedules. It's an so. interesting chicken or the egg sort of situation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I, I mean, to find, like I said, to find a the professional that wants to train a full-time trainer is not easy. I mean, after 14 years, we've had, you know, it's been tough. Yeah. You know, at least for us, I know some people had huge, huge success. So, yeah, well, I mean, Zach, let me, let me pick your brain on this and sort of shift gears a little bit. Obviously our whole conversation has been around growing the business, right? Whether Mm -hmm. more people, more PT, more revenue, more profitability, whatever that is with you having some ownership control in a couple of different clubs, what does the future look like for Zach Merrill? Is it more locations? Is it, what is, what's the plan? 
I want, I want to lay on a beach. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think we do any more clubs. I to be as transparent as possible. Um, the, unless there's opportunity to take over clubs, I think it's really tough to start fresh in a new club because there's so much competition and the costs have gone up tremendously, you know, from, from, the TIs, just the TIs on a club, are, I, I haven't priced for six, seven years. I can't imagine what they cost now. Um, rents are higher. Oh, yeah. You know, everything's just yeah, higher. And, you, you know, not cheap. what's that? Are not cheap. Yeah. You know, and that's the stuff that I guess for me personally, I don't, at my age, I don't want to go down that road because I know the commitment it takes. Um, and to, to spend that much time and that much effort to me, I don't want the stress anymore. And I, there was a time I absolutely loved it. Like I thrived off just, oh my gosh, I want to open another club. Because we opened, I think, five clubs in six years. Um, those days are over for me, to be honest. Um, you know, we'll probably sell off a couple and just slow down a little bit. Sure. Well, that was going to be my next question yeah. is, is there a exit strategy, secession plan sort of thing in place? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got a, we got a couple uh, actually, you know, potentially we could sell two or three of the other ones um you know I, this one being my home living here i live a couple miles from here it'd be hard to sell because you build those connections with people differently yeah, than personal. you do it's it is personal you know you come in and you see the same guys in the morning when you're working out you say hi ask them how their kids was or, the, or are or the week how the weekend went they ask you how your life's going and then all day long you know i mean it, it's just from high school kids to, I mean, we have members from 16 to 85. Yeah. And we try to connect with all of them. So the personal side, this one would be tough to part with. I got to be honest. Like, I got to have emotional. a really and hard so time doing it. Let me, let me frame and, and start to wrap this whole interview up yeah. with a question this way. If you were, if you were to put yourself in someone else's shoes, or if you were to give advice uh -huh. to somebody looking to get into the industry now, what would that be? That's a good question. Um, I would, I would encourage somebody not to focus solely on the money. Definitely not the money. Um, that'll come. You know, I would say focus on the per each individual walking through the door build those connections, you know, it, almost like feel the dreams, build it and they'll come, yep. you know, um, that type of thing. Because if you get, I've, I've been on both sides of it in the past and focusing on the money, just, it wasn't gratifying. No matter how much you had in the bank, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel good, you know, but every time we've really slowed down and focused on them, been member driven and personal, we've been more successful and it's been more enjoyable. And it's it less stressful, silly, but there's a human being on the other side of that. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the time. Yeah. A, you know, and the one thing I will say coming in, whether you're having a bad day or a bad weekend, whatever you come into the gym and whether you're manager, owner or member, it's like everybody flips a switch at the door, you know, and that is, is huge. You know, yeah. I, I got client that comes in and she's like i'm grouchy today i'm like of course you're grouchy today you haven't worked out yet you know <laughs> and by the time she's done Talk to me in she an feels hour. great <laughs> you know so i mean that you know i would anybody get into it and i would say um take it take it slow i made the mistake i guess of trying to do too many too fast 
and I got, it was overwhelming. And it, you know, we, we were, it, they were doing well, but it was too much for my, you know, have a plan in place. Obviously, if you're going to, if you want to have two clubs or 10 clubs, have a plan in place to be able to have a life outside of the gyms, yeah. you know, there's <laughs> balance, a, I guess balance is key. That's probably the most valuable thing that other gym owners here can, can pull from this sort of interview is it's easy to continually work 80, 90, yep. 100 hour weeks. It's even more challenging to pull back from that and remember yep. that there's a family at home or that there's a reason to do all of this work. So yeah, Zach, that's a, that's a good place for us to start to wrap this whole thing up. Um, but before we get out of here, is there a social media or a website where people can learn a little bit more about your specific Loveland club here? <laughs> yeah um it's facebook.com it's loveland uh, look them up Whoa, yeah look me up man i got i i have a social media gal that she's not here right now i should turn it over to her we'll tag um, later. <laughs> anyway man no this TikTok. Has been awesome. i i really appreciate your time and your insight and uh, it's it's important for gym owners to have this type of conversation and think of it not as a prison but as an asset right, right. in their life and so even with the brick you have in the background yeah, absolutely. Kind of prisonish. Yeah. And so, Zach, uh, man, we'll have to check in with you down the road. It's cool to Appreciate see it. gym owners and, and what they do with their clubs. And sounds like there's a lot of moving parts for you here. So yeah. this could look different down the line. And like I said, it, it may. It very well may. Very well. Talk may. to me in a few months. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Tony. Tony, how's it going, man? Doing really well, Ryan. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the show and thanks for coming out today. You bet. Glad to be here. Yeah, so let's kind of go ahead and get right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? We are located uh, in Albany, Oregon, and um, the name of the gym is T, capital T, apostrophe S, T, Strength Studio. My name is actually Gary Anthony, but I go by Tony. I grew up that way. 
And so most people know me as T. Everybody calls me T. So I decided to start the gym, make a T strength studio. Gotcha, man. Yeah. So that's, um, I've heard of that happening before. I had an uncle whose name was Brian. He was called Jake. So yeah. it happens. Sometimes those names stick, right? Yeah. 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 That's true. So with, um, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, I just like to kind of get everyone's background whenever we get this started. So what made you decide to open up a gym? Well, I've been fairly athletic most of my life. When I was younger, back in the 80s, it's going to age me. Um, back in the 80s, I was a cyclist. I used to race bicycles all the time and, and went to the Nationals in, in 84, did some racing there. And, and um, that's I was always been athletic, but I didn't really start lifting until I was, gosh, probably in my 30s and 40s. Um, but the reason I started my own gym is that when I moved, I was born and raised in Alaska. I was in Alaska for over 40 some years. Oh, wow. Okay. And I would come to Oregon to visit my parents when they would, you know, we'd take a little vacation with the family. And I always liked Oregon and I got tired of shoveling snow and, and all the rain because I was in Southeast Alaska. So right. I ended up moving to Oregon here um, and started lifting a little bit more because I wasn't cycling as much. My kids were at a point and my job was keeping me from riding as much as I wanted to. So I started lifting. And the reason I started the gym the way I did was the first day I came to a gym here in Albany, there was a guy that was on the platform, right? He had the pads, he had the, he had the um, coated plates, the rubber plates, he was doing some Olympic lifting and he was lifting and dropping it, lifting, just what it's made for. The owner comes over and said, hey man, you can't drop the weights in the gym. And the guy says, this is, this is what this is for. And they said, I'm sorry. And there was a little sign they put up and said, if you can pick it up, you can set it down. So I thought, you know, I don't know if this is right. So that kind of bugged me for a while. Yeah. So eventually it took me a few years, but I eventually opened up a gym where I was like, you know what? We want to lift safe here. If you need to drop the weights, you can drop the weights. You know, I'm not going to keep you from doing that. We want lifters to be safe and nobody would supply chalk. So I did that. And kind of that's that's how I kind of decided I'm going to open my own gym and 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 kind of give everybody that kind of vibe. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. So. So I'm curious, did you go up to that guy afterwards and like, man, just give me like two years, dude, and you can come to my place. Right. That's about what it was. Fact, <laughs> a guy that I met there, and this was, gosh, um, probably 15 years ago now, if not more. And I have a guy that uh, I met there who was actually the first member of my gym from that gym. And he's been with me ever since. And he's here every morning. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. Cool. So what, um, so how long have you guys been in business again? Well, I actually started the gym, uh, got, uh, for the city in 2011. Okay. Um, it was still very, very small. It was a very small kind of office. I would call it. I lived above the gym. Um, and then I started that way. I was still working a full-time job and did that, but yeah, started in 2011, just starting to grow it, getting bits and pieces of equipment and, uh, Yeah. So that, that's how I, that's how I got started. Very small, very small. That's awesome, man. And um, yeah, I love the dedication too, right? Just, you know, sleeping over top of the gym there. So that's a, right. that's a, that's a true uh, gym owner story. And, and like the old school, kind of like the way you're wanting to make it, you know, that's kind of the yeah. same storyline. So um, like how many roughly, how, uh, what's the square footage of the facility? Uh, the facility is probably only about um, four or 5,000. Okay, four or five thousand. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty tight in there. So I got about as much equipment right now as I can get in it. Yeah, yeah. And I explained yesterday, I think it was Fernando I talked to, 
Um, we're actually, I'm actually in the midst now of opening up a whole nother segment. We got about um, 600 square feet. Let's see about that, maybe six, 700 square feet um, that we're opening up now just because we need to move some of our cardio in. And I actually, up until about, I don't know, six months ago, I actually lived at the gym, <laughs> but okay. I since got married. Yeah. So, so now I'm not living here so we can open it up a little bit more. So we're going to add some things. I got some more equipment. So yeah, we're just going to utilize every aspect of the building. Gotcha, man. So yeah. So you guys, um, so basically you're going to have like a cardio room, right? Like just where it's kind of separated off, off from everything else. Is that yeah, kind of right now at? we have our cardio in the main uh, lifting area. Um, and I don't have that much cardio. It's just kind of one of those things, you know, um, so we just said, okay, we got about three, four pieces of cardio right now, and we're going to move that cardio. And I got some more cardio coming into a room where you can see it from the main room, but now it's going to be open, but it will be in back in a room. So we're putting a TV in there and we're kind of having this warm up, cool down room along with that cardio section. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And that's the thing, like, um, see, so in my gym, we have, I think we have like uh, 15 pieces of, of cardio equipment. Okay. And that's the thing, like, you know, of course, everybody wants cardio equipment, like, but I always kind of played it off. Like, we're not going to get 50 treadmills, but you know, in reality, right. it's because well, shit, it, that, that'd be well over a hundred grand, you know, oh, yeah. I mean? just for that. Oh, so, Oh yeah. Um, that's, you have to consider that. That's really, uh, that's yeah. So we don't have a lot of people that are asking for cardio. We have enough because most of the, the, you know, powerlifters come in. A lot of people that are coming in now are wanting to be a little bit stronger. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I always tell them, hey, we need to do a little bit of cardio because your heart is the, the greatest muscle you're going to have. And as you get older, and I have a lot of guys coming to me and say, hey, I'm not in my 20s anymore. And they're, they're going, I'm 35. I'm getting old. I said, dude, you're not getting old. You don't have any idea yet. <laughs> so, so it is good to get into it now. Yeah. I'm gonna lift, but I do recommend, hey, do a little bit of cardio for your heart. You can lift. That's great. But but be um, have some active rest in between your lifting periods and things like that. Right. But what about my gains, man? You know, I know my, my gains, like, dude, 20 minutes is not going to freaking no, gain. That's right? what I was like, saying. 15, 20 minutes, dude, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not going to lose 15 pounds of muscle like in a week by doing that. No, no. So, yeah. No, no. Well, yeah. So looking at um, like, what do you guys do right now um, to get more people in the door? Like what's your, what's your main source of advertising or, you know, promoting? You know, for me right now, the way I'm at, if I was to really advertise big, I'd probably be overwhelmed with the that's amount of was, people. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I would be. Um, so really right now, most people, I've been here long enough, everybody goes, oh, I know that gym. You know, hey, I've heard of that gym. You know, I know a person that goes there or I'll be out on the coast and I'll see somebody with a T, uh, you know, T-string studio hoodie on. And I'm like, hey, where'd you get all my papers out there? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Um, so right now, social media, word of mouth here in town. Um, and also what I do is, it's amazing enough, I'm also an American Heart Association uh, CPR instructor for basic life support. Oh, cool. And I've handed out in the last three years, I've done that for about three and a half years, almost four years. And I hand out every card and I have people come in and go, this is really a cool gym. And they'll join. Sometimes they'll join or they'll say, oh man, I didn't know this is here. I'm going to send some people here. So I don't really do big advertising yeah. just because if I did, I'd be overwhelmed. And then, yeah, I would have to get a bigger building. And if I got a bigger building, then my overhead would probably double. So yeah. I'm trying to, trying to balance it out where I don't yeah. have to go really in big debt right now. Cause I don't have a debt right now. Everything's paid for in my gym. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I feel you. And yeah, that, that's kind of the fine line. Like 
you want, I mean, of course we all kind of want to expand at times, but sure. let's say you outgrow your gym, you know, to, to get to the point to fill up another one, you yeah. know, there, there's a lot of work in there, you know, yeah. like, you know, to, to get to that capacity, like you're right, you would go into a big amount of debt. So I think like the biggest thing for you right now would be, you know, maybe making each client a little more valuable, right? Like instead of focusing like on sheer numbers, that's just kind of what I take from it. And that's what we have here. That's the thing that people really like about it. A lot of times people say, man, I don't get this help in a bigger gym because right. when people walk in and I'm here, man, they'll say, Hey, I got a question about this. Oh yeah, no problem. I'll help them out. I'll watch their form. And I tell them when they come in, I said, listen, if, if you need some help lifting, I'm here. If you want my hour, obviously I'm going to, you know, I do charge for personal training, but right. I said, if I'm just in the gym and I see you, I'm going to correct you. Or if you have a question, ask me and I'll take time with people because that matters to people. Yeah. You can't just, some people say, yeah, I went over to this other gym and this, my buddy was lifting and I said, you guys can't do this because it's like you're training each other. And they're like, what? So I just like, you know, I try to make it personal, personable. I try to make it feel, feel at home and like, Hey, you know, welcome to the family. Now, if you have any questions, I'm here. And then everybody else gets that vibe too. So if you, if they need a spot from someone else, they're more than happy to give them a spot. Um, you know, nobody hogs the, you know, nobody's sitting on the machine reading a book, you know, yeah. but you know, so it's all like, Oh yeah, jump in here. Yeah. We'll help you out. So it's really great. I get you, man. So, so tell me, um, tell me about this chalk thing. So um, <laughs> I have, I did the same thing you did. So that was my thing. Like I have chalk bowls, you know, and I was like, we supply the chalk, you know, yeah. basically F it, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. So I started off that way. And then I was like, you know, like we had to, I had to kind of, as bad as I hated to do it, I had to start kind of policing it and keeping it in one sure. area because next thing I know, like you go over it's, to like a, a pin select machine and there's chalk all over it. And I'm like, Hey, like, I don't care if you use chalk, but don't, uh, we don't need it on the pin select, you know, stuff over here. No, so I hear um, you. what do I people have... say when, when you're like, Hey, like we provide chalk where they just kind of like, Oh shit. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they no, they go, oh, that's great, chalk, man, I love it. But there are, in fact, I love him to death. The guy that's with me, man, he he uh, he gets chalk everywhere. I think he's that LeBron James when he gets chalk. Yeah, right. You know, he just right. loves to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, chalk, the thing is, chalk can get just about everywhere. I mean, I'll have handprints where somebody will be doing something with chalk, and then they'll jump down and do some burpees, yeah. or they'll do some push-ups to finish out their uh, routine. And uh, so I have to dust quite a bit yeah um, i try and keep it in the deadlift area you know yeah. i try and keep it right there with the deadlift area so there's quite a bit there but somehow i had to i had to talk to a couple of younger guys i say listen the chalk bowl stays here do not grab a chunk of chalk and take it over to the bench press yeah <laughs> you know? yeah because then I'm, I'm, that stuff does not clean up well on a porous rubber mat yeah yeah and that's kind of um yeah for the most part we've we've pretty much been good after a few talks and you know i just pretty much tell people now like like don't be don't make snow angels with it right, <laughs> right. like you know yeah. other than that we're going to be cool um right you know maybe except after a few meets you know and then what we started doing for that was because like we we held the meets on our turf area so you know the first time it was like i mean it was a pretty big mess so we started getting you know like a like painter sheets and laying it across there yeah and having a shot and that that helped out a lot but Sure, I can understand having a meet where that's going to happen, you know, yeah. um, and stuff. But yeah, I haven't hosted a meet here yet. Pete, one of the judges, he's a judge now for USPA, and he's got a gym in Corvallis, which is about a half an hour away. They do a lot of, uh, he's involved with a lot. In fact, they host some of there. He's like, 
you should host a meet over your gym. And I'm like, man, I'd have to really, I'd have to shut down for a day just to have the meet, which would be, which would be fine, but you don't have to move all my equipment because you need a little bit of room. But uh, right. yeah, so. Yeah, it's something to consider. Uh, we've done it and, you know, I usually shut the gym down and, and we, you know, USPA pays us to do it, you know, right. and, and um, you know, so usually it, it, it can be worth it. And, you know, I found out in the beginning, I was moving all the equipment myself and having some staff do it. Then I was like, wait a minute, these guys are carting in, you know, all kinds of stuff. They can move this stuff out of the way. So yeah, I got a little bit smarter and, um, you know, it's, it's not a bad deal really, you know, shut yeah. down two days a year, give your members a little bit of notice and hell, most of them, you know, probably would want to come watch anyways. Yeah, that's exactly true. So I've been thinking about doing something like that. I definitely can do it. I can host it. I got enough room to be able to host that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's definitely some, some to consider for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So looking, um, so like one thing I like to ask people, and I know this is kind of, uh, we kind of talked about the growth aspect anyways um, yeah. earlier, but um, like, what are your plans for the future? Let's say like, what's growth look like for you in a year? Let's, let's say. Are you wanting to make changes that soon or no? Well, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm making some changes now. I'm going to see what's going to happen if we add this other room. Um, and then uh, we're going to do a few changes. So we'll have a little, we'll gain some more room in the main area because I'm redoing some stuff. I'm pulling some things out. Uh, we're going to redo the lockers uh, as far as where people can put some stuff, put some new counters in. So I'm going to open it up and then we'll see. I, I do have visions of a bigger place. Mm -hmm. um, I have some people that are interested in um, investing that they really like the gym and they said, man, we've considered doing something like this, but right now they're trying to find, and I keep looking for a good commercial building. Yeah. Like um, a warehouse type thing or yeah. Warehouse type of thing um, that we can utilize. That's not right now, man. Everything is so expensive, you know? Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, prices are are up everywhere. So I'm going to just try and hang out in this place, see what happens. So a year from now, you know, if I can pick up and I've been pretty blessed so far, um, being that I'm a 24 hour facility, you know, the most I have, I think the most I've ever had at one time was like 18 people because everybody just comes. Like I came in this morning and usually I'm here for early. I have people from three in the morning, five in the morning, 11 at night. Yeah. And so they're pretty spread out. Usually sometimes, you know, I don't, it's, it work pretty well. I can get along with 10, 12 people that are just moving and everything's fine. But if I was to get like 30 people, people would be like going, Hey, it's too busy in here. The problem right. is you have those people that say, the reason I like your gym is because there's quiet times. I can come in, there's only two or three people working out. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great for you. But if for a business owner, I want to see a little bit more people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. So in a year or so I would like to expand out of this place just got to wait for the right building. And then yeah. I'm going to have to make a decision, um, you know, whether you lease equipment, mm -hmm. obviously, instead of buying, because equipment is super expensive now and it's hard to get sometimes. Yeah, I've been, waiting, I've been waiting for some stuff for about three months now. So we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully that come in. <laughs> yeah, I think the key is to find, find the equipment that, you know, everyone that started a home gym is like selling. Yeah, you right. Know? And I think I've saw it trickle. I think it's about to be, start happening again you know i think so i would say within the next couple months because you got holidays coming up and people are probably like well i could probably get you know thousand for that rack that i paid two grand for you know yeah it's, a, it's basically a clothes hanger now so i might as well like just get it out of my garage my, my wife will be happy you know what i mean like shit like that i think it oh, would be, for sure you know yeah. check, check stuff like that out then you don't have to wait right for it to be made or yeah exactly and and i have people that are looking 
um, they'll just say, hey, I found this and they'll send me things all the time. Hey, this guy's selling this. Are you interested in it? So that's nice. I have people out there looking around going, it would yeah. be really cool if we had this piece of equipment. I said, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I said, first of all, they're, you know, they're that much money. And, I, and he said, oh, if I find one, and sometimes people will send me something. And if it's a great deal, I'll look into it and see if it's something that we can utilize in the gym. If not, I have swapped out some equipment recently, sold off the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, the whole COVID thing made a lot of people stay home. But, you know, yeah. if you're not motivated, you're not lifting at home either. So they yeah. have this equipment, they realize, oh, and I have people that have already come back and said, man, I've tried to lift at my gym. I need motivation. I need to be here. I need to hear the music. I need to see the weights. I need yeah. someone to push me along. So, yeah. Well, there, that's and another thing, too, I think that people realized is just how expensive this equipment is, right? Because sometimes people are like, why do you charge what you charge a month? And I'm like, this is a bargain, you know, right. compared to what we have in here. And then now they're kind of like, oh, man, like, if they just go to Dick's, you know, and buy some of the cheap stuff, they're like, man, this is pretty crazy. Yeah. You now know? add up everything that's sitting in the room, the, the gym that you walk in, add all that up. And then you kind yeah. of know what kind of money went out for that. Exactly. Yeah. Then let's talk, you know, actual, you know, commercial, right? Like exactly. you know, commercial quality. So sure. Yep. Do you guys do supplements or, or anything like that at all? No, I have a, uh, all I have is, you know, if I get a good deal on some supplements and stuff, I'll grab them yeah. up. You know, if you go to grocery outlet and I'll do that. Sure. Um, I have an, a, just a refrigerator with some energy drinks and I supply water and things like that. Other than that, really haven't got into that too much. I did for a while. I, I sold some pre-workout and stuff, but everybody likes their own kind of pre-workout, you know, and I can get some. And a lot of times what I'll do is I just get a pre-workout and I'll set it out for any of my users. Mm -hmm. i'll just say hey try this if you like it because then i'll just use it as a write-off kind of thing but but yeah. people like that oh i forgot my because i'd have a lot of people say hey man you got any uh pre-workout i didn't bring it and i said yeah man i got some right over here yeah um and so i try and do that for things because i have a friend of mine that actually owns a supplement store down the street and so i try and give him business because he he's really good to my members if i send people over there it gives them a little bit of a discount and uh and stuff so yeah that's yeah, good was, yep yeah. And uh, yeah, just to have stuff there ready for people, you know, and uh, you know, the pre I've done that pre-workout thing too. You know, we, we used to sell it by the scoop too, put it in like one of those okay. containers. Sure. Um, you know, like you put, have sauce in or something like that, you know, that's pretty cool. But you know, after a while, you know, it, it I mean, it just, you know, you keep one open too long. Cause like you said, people want different ones. So we'd have like five open and then, you know, one would like rock up or something, you know, yeah, right. I mean? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, we we went another route with it, but um, yeah, I had to get out of that too for the most part. Well, the only way to try is just try things. You know, you got to try things. If if you're not sure how it's going to work, you try it. If it doesn't work out, you just don't continue it. You know, so that's the way. It's a lot of the stuff. Me, you know, my dad was a business owner, so I watched him how he did things. So when I started mine, I just you know it's kind of trial and error. You know, and then if you unless you talk to different business owners and gym owners and stuff. But for me, I would just try things. Like I said, I'm always I'm more of a Hey, I want to, how can I help you out to be a better lifter? How can I help you out in motivating you? So if I can say, you know what, I'll give you a scoop of this, or, Hey, I've got some protein in the back. You want to try this, you know, or people always ask you as a gym owner, you know, they're going to ask you, Hey, what supplements do you use? What do you recommend? So, yeah. Um, yeah. We just try and help people out, but it's, it's trial and error. If that doesn't work, you know, cause pretty soon you have pre-workout and stuff all over your counter and you're scrubbing yeah, right. it off because yeah. people can't keep it in there. So, yeah, definitely, man. Well, um, let's see, Tony, we are getting towards the end of our podcast here. So uh, one thing I like to ask people, um, 
knowing what you know now, if you could yep. go back in time, what advice would you give yourself when you first started your gym? Well, I think um, <clears throat> boy, at the at the place that I was at um, at that particular time, since I didn't start with a you know a big, I didn't get a lot of capital, didn't have a lot of capital to start. I might look into that to start, so I would start a little bit bigger than I did because it took me quite a while to get to where I was going. Mm -hmm. But then again, I didn't know how fast my gym was going to grow. But yeah, looking back now, I think a gym of this style needed to be here. So I think I may have maybe borrowed a little bit of money, which I didn't do, and got in a building right away and started that way. Um, and that's one thing I always try and tell some business owners. If you start a business, don't get too small. Don't start too small because if you expand, you're going to have to get a whole other building. So um, that's probably what I would do. I probably would have started. I started in a very small building. I probably would have went for the bigger size because I've grown, you know, now and here, now I am looking for something else, but I know that right. it's, it's baby steps, but um, yeah, I probably would have started a little bit bigger than just getting the, you know, slowly building and building because it took me a long time to get where I'm at right now. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, Tony, thank you so much for being a guest in the podcast today. So um, definitely had, had a good time with you. And I know that our clients will get some value out of this as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me uh, anytime. It's, uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate your po podcast. Yeah, man, for sure. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click um, the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and want to be a guest on the podcast, click the link in the description. Apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.